and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. And then we're going to have restored to us everything Satan stole from us in the fall. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Sometimes a voice from the past can appear from nowhere with a blessing in hand. Hi and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire and thanks for joining us. Today we're continuing the series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible, with part two of the message, Mephibosheth, Made Great by Amazing Grace. You know, one of the greatest pictures of God's grace in the entire Bible has got to be the story of David and Mephibosheth. You might recall that Mephibosheth was David's best friend, Jonathan's son. He is a man who knew much pain and heartache in his life, on top of becoming crippled in his feet after being dropped as a child. But one day, King David remembered a promise made to his father Jonathan that would change everything. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share part two of the message, Mephibosheth Made Great by Amazing Grace. Sin will never help you. Sin will never add to you. The prodigal son ended up in just such a place. Instead of it being called Lodabar, it was called the far country. He woke up one day and he said, I'm tired of church. I'm tired of the father's house. I'm tired of religion. I'm tired of this Bible. And I'm tired of all this stuff that we're always doing. I want to leave the father's house and I want to find fun and fulfillment and laughter. I'm missing out not being out there in that world. And so he went to the far country. And what did he end up doing? He ended up eating pig's food, destitute, because all of his far country friends left him. When the money was gone, they were gone. When the partying was gone, they were gone. Folks, let me tell you, there's no good friends out there in the far country. There's no good friends in Lodabar. Let me tell you, give your life to Christ and let him give you some real friends that it won't walk away, that won't leave you. get some covenant brothers and covenant sisters. And that is not what the prodigal son found. He woke up eating pig's food and said, I've got to return to my father's house. And here in Lodabar, Mephibosheth was dying by the day. I want to guarantee you something. Sin will bring all takers to their very own Lodabar. Lodabar is a picture of the world. It's a picture of a sinful life. Lodabar is a picture of the far country. And I agree with you. There is pleasure in sin for a season. The Bible says so. There is pleasure in sin for a season. And it's sin's job to put on a good mask and present itself to you and me as something viable and logical and sensible and something that will help us and fulfill us and be good for us. It's sin's job to masquerade as something good. And sin is very good at masquerading at something good. But sin is a lie. 
The Bible talks about the deceitfulness of sin. There's always a payday someday. If you go over into sin, if you leave the Father's house, if you go to a place called Lodabar, you will find soon enough that it's barren, it's destitute, it's lonely, and you want more than anything else to get out of the consequences of what sin brought on your life. We're told that Moses preferred to share the hardships and bear the shame of the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting enjoyment of a sinful life. Moses understood there's pleasure in sin for a fleeting moment. But after that fleeting moment, there's that payday, those consequences. He knew that sin held pleasure, but it was fleeting. It did not last. The Bible says there is a way that looks right to a man, but its end is the way of death. It looks right, feels right, seems right, appears right, says that it's right, but it leads to death. Sin approaches us with great promise of fun, fulfillment, and freedom, but it always ends in disillusionment, destruction, and death. So here's Mephibosheth crippled and alone and destitute. He thought, this is the way I'm going to live out the rest of my life. I'm an exile in Lodabar. But here's where the story gets good. Because Mephibosheth did not know that a king in another kingdom had him on his mind. Oh, I love this because isn't it true for you and me? Do you remember when you were lost? And you did not know that there was a king in another kingdom who had you on his mind. He had you on his mind. He was thinking about you. He knew your name. He was knocking on the door of your heart. He loved you. All of this was going on in another kingdom and you and I did not know it. Can I tell you today, church, that there is a king in another kingdom. He has you on his mind right now. You're on his mind. You mean more to him than anything imaginable. You are more important to him than all of the universes combined because he gave his only begotten son to die for you on the cross and rise from the dead that you might also rise from the dead one day. I'm telling you, there is a king and there was a king. His name was King David and he was asking about Mephibosheth when Mephibosheth did not know that there was a king asking about him. Think about it. Mephibosheth was whiling away his lonely days in a barren wasteland. He had no idea that a great king was thinking about him. And could we have a clearer picture of the way that God thought about you and me and the entire crippled human race? We were on his mind when he sent Jesus to die for our sins. And let me tell you a real mind blower. Are you ready? Before God flung the first stars into space, before he scooped out the ocean, before the first birds flew into the sky or the first fish swam in that ancient sea, God the Father talked to God the Son and knew that he was going to create man and knew that man was going to fall. And way back then, they made a covenant together and God the Son told God the Father, I will go to earth. I will die for them on that cross. I will rise from the dead. I will cover their sin. They are on my mind. They are on my mind. It's very, very difficult to comprehend how that could be, but that can be because God is God. 
and God knows the end from the very beginning. He knows what's going to happen at the end before the beginning even begins. And that's because he's God. When we didn't know that he was thinking of us, he was thinking of us. The Bible says when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. When we were grieving him, vexing him, sinning against him, breaking his heart, he sent Jesus. And when Jesus spread his arms and stretched out his feet and they nailed him to that cross, he was saying in a way that we cannot comprehend, I love you. You are on my mind. You are more important to me than life itself. So I'm going to die for you. If you're thankful for that, can you give God praise today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is good. As we languished away in our own Lodabar, crippled and bound, a great king in another kingdom had us on his mind. I think of when I got saved in jail as a 16-year-old. Yes, I was in jail as a 16-year-old. If you're a visitor, let me just go ahead and, and get it out now. I was in jail for sale of narcotics, and I had never heard the gospel. And yet there was a king that had me on his mind. And I didn't know it. I didn't know anything about him. But he had me on his mind enough that he sent somebody to talk to me in that jail. And they came and shared the gospel of Jesus Christ, and my eyes were open. And he took me into a place that I could never have imagined, gave me peace I'd never known. And can I tell you that that same king, that same God, has you on his mind. But it gets even better than this. This story just really gets me. King David wanted to bless Mephibosheth for Jonathan's sake. Catch that. It's very important. See, what you need to know is that David and Jonathan had been very best friends, covenant brothers. And one day they met when Saul, Jonathan's dad, had decided that he was going to stalk David and try to assassinate him. And David was having to flee the kingdom where he had been a hero for killing Goliath. But now he's about to be a zero because Saul is going to defame him, slander him, stalk him, try to assassinate him, make his life miserable. For 10 long years, he slept under the stars or in caves with one eye open always, lest Saul and his army find him and take him out. And they cut a covenant before he left. And here's what the covenant said. We have promised each other in the name of the Lord, saying the Lord will be between me and you and between my children and your children forever. Do you catch that? They made a covenant. Jonathan, I covenant with you that the Lord's going to be between me and you and that I will bless your children and their children and their children for as long as I possibly can. I will bless them because I'm in covenant with you. And Jonathan said the same thing to David. And David hit the road and fled to the wilderness. Well, Jonathan and Saul were later killed in battle. David was never able to fellowship with him as his best friend again. He was gone. David is promoted into the fullness of his calling. He takes over Israel. He is the king. He is the greatest king Israel ever had. He carried Israel to the zenith of its power. 
And while he was king, with everything subdued around him and under him, he remembered his covenant. He's a type of Christ. You remember I told you God the Father covenanted with God the Son. The covenant was when you die for them and rise from the dead and your blood covers their sin, I covenant with you that anybody that comes to you by faith and trusts your blood to cover their sin, I will bless them. I will protect them. I will provide for them. I will guide them. And one day I will take them into glory for your name's sake. That's right. Now, so here's David. He's going, wow, you know, here I am. I'm, I'm in my kingdom now, but I remember that covenant. And I wonder, I wonder, is there anyone left of the house of Saul? Is there any child of Jonathan anywhere on earth? And Ziba says, yes, there is one. He's crippled. He's in Lodabar. He's in barrenness. He has nothing. He has no future. He's really a down and outer. David, he's really a nobody. He can't walk good. He's out there in the darkness on the peripheral of your kingdom. He's really not anybody you might want to be bothered with. And David said, you don't understand. I've got a covenant with his dad. And so I want you to get a chariot. And I want you to send a representative to his house. And I want you to knock on the door of his house. And I want you to tell him the king wants to talk to you. Does anybody know where I'm going with this today? There is another chariot. And it's the chariot of grace. And God sent the chariot of grace to your heart and mine. And the representative is called the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost knocked on the door of your heart and said, the king wants to spend some time with you. I came to bring you from Lodabar into the glory of the kingdom of David. Oh, that's good stuff. You know that on hearing the sound of the chariots approaching, Mephibosheth said, uh-oh, he's found me. This is it. He has surely come to assassinate me. But he didn't understand it was not a chariot of judgment. It was a chariot of grace. The chariot pulled up to his lowly home. A representative of the king knocked on his door. I believe he opened it just a little bit and looked out and said, can I help you? He said, I've come to take you to David. He wants to show kindness to you. He said, say what? Kindness to me? I'm of the house of Saul that stalked him. I'm of the house of Saul that wronged him. It says Mephibosheth decided, okay, I trust it. He got into the king's chariot. He's brought into David's presence. As the chariot draws near to the palace, I believe his heart was pounding. What does he want with me? I can't walk. I'm crippled. I'm from Lodabar. I've lived a barren life. What does he want with me? The Bible says the chariot pulled up to the palace. And the Bible says when he sees David, he falls down on his face, expecting the worst. But to his surprise, David says that he has called him in order to show kindness because of his covenant with his dad. But more. He wants to restore his land and have him live in the palace as his own child. Can there be a better picture of salvation 
The Lord Jesus didn't want to just bring us into his presence. He made us his son. He made us his daughter. And guess what? One day a trumpet is going to blow. Can I tell you about it? The Bible says that one day the trump will blow and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. And then we are going to receive the land we lost in the fall. We're going to have restored to us everything Satan stole from us in the fall. That's the truth. David wants to restore his land and have him live in the palace as his own son, the king's child. Mephibosheth cannot believe his ears. It's like, somebody wake me up. This can't be real. Why would the king show kindness to me like this? I don't feel worthy of anything that I'm getting. This is undeserved. I don't deserve this. But what is happening to him has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do from being a beneficiary of David's covenant with Jonathan. And can I tell you today that when God answers a prayer, he does it for Jesus' sake. When God gives us peace in the middle of a storm, he does it for Jesus' sake. When God comes through in a pinch for you and me, he does it for Jesus' sake. And when he takes us into glory and all that was stolen from us is restored, he's going to do it for Jesus' sake. Imagine the scene. Each evening at supper time, a faltering footstep. I thought about this. I think this is probably pretty close. A faltering footstep can be heard coming down the hall. Step, drag, step, drag, step, drag. It's Mephibosheth. He appears in a dining room resplendent with silver and gold settings and a feast that he could never have dreamed of when he was in Lodabar. Beautiful draperies grace the walls. A magnificent custom-made table stretches out before him the best that money can buy. Servants are standing there waiting to wait on him. There at one end of the table sits Solomon. In all of his wisdom, David's son, yeah, there he was. Solomon, Mephibosheth, is sitting with him. And there also sits the beautiful Tamar, the king's daughter. Joab, the great leader of David's armies, is also sitting there and gives him a nod of recognition. Don't you know that would give you Holy Ghost mumps? The rebellious rascal, Absalom, with his long flowing hair, glances his way and smiles before he made his big mistake and lost his life. But at the other end of the table sits the king himself, David, in all of his splendid glory. And you know what he says? Have a seat, son! Still struggling to believe what has taken place, the once exiled, destitute, fearful, and forgotten son of a fallen kingdom takes his seat. How? Grace. Pure, undiluted, industrial strength. Grace. How am I sitting here? Grace. How am I eating this food? Grace. How am I sitting here amongst all these notables of the kingdom and I'm not a notable? Grace. Now imagine with me the day is going to come when we sit at a table. The Bible says so. It's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we're going to sit down with some very important people. Can I fill you in right now? There at that table, I think we're going to see Father Abraham who had many sons. We're going to see Isaac and we're going to see Jacob 
And I believe right there we're going to see the great Apostle Paul. And I told every service so far, and I'll tell you, I'm going to make a beeline for Paul and hug his neck and say thank you for Colossians and Ephesians and Philippians and all those incredible letters you wrote. Thank you, Paul. There at that same table is going to be Simon Peter and John, and we're going to get to meet Timothy and Jude and James, and they're all going to smile and nod. And there over there is Mary Magdalene, out of whom came seven devils. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, will glance our way and give us a smile. But all of that will pale when we see at the other end of the table, seated at the head of the table, the King himself, Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And we're going to say, hello, Jesus. God, thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. And he's going to say, I know that it took a while, but it was worth the wait. Dig in. Because while the world is going through great tribulation on earth, we're going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb, enjoying fellowship with our Redeemer. Amen. And Jesus is going to say, have a seat, child. And you know how that's going to be possible? Grace. Say it with me. Amazing. Grace. Mephibosheth was made great by grace. And so are we. We have a great salvation. We have a great Savior. Well, I got to tell you that the story of Mephibosheth touches me deeply. What a picture he is of all of us. We were all crippled by sin and living in our own Lodabar, a place of loneliness and desolation, when King Jesus came knocking on our door. Now, before you change that dial, our announcer has some exciting things to share with you, our Life Talk listeners, you're going to want to hear. And let me also remind you in closing that you can visit our Life Talk website at lifetalkradio.us and check out our podcast available at the click of your mouse. That's lifetalkradio.us. And don't miss our next broadcast where we'll continue our series on the unsung heroes of the Bible with a message on Hannah, the mother of a champion. Until then, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand. Today's broadcast or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. 
and you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. Mephibosheth, made great by amazing grace. This is the fourth message of Pastor Jeff's series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible. You can own a copy of this 10-CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.